This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I am back with uh, Rocky Fleming, our founder. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you. Good to be here. You're, you're back from your Fan the Flame tour and uh, been working here in the office the last few weeks. Right. And, yeah, uh, now pretty soon again. Yeah, making plans for the rest of the year. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's uh, that's been exciting. It was. Uh, I know you had a great first trip. Yeah, and, very um, much so. Kind of validated what you were hoping for. You know, Absolutely. Right? It was just, uh, again, it was, I think it was a God-inspired thought and supported by the global board and we worked through the necessary prayer and and wanted to make sure it was from the Lord and and then being out there the fruit was seen and born and enthusiasm was received to let them know we love them and appreciate them and I think it's a, a good thing. Yeah. And if you, if you missed it by some chance, Rocky started a blog, uh, the Fan the Fame Flame blog. It's on our website, influencers.org. You can find it pretty easy on the home. Go to the homepage, you'll find it. But uh, but anyway, I'm glad you're back, Rocky, so we can kind of continue. You know, part of the reason that, that I think that we started these podcasts was to share a lot of the wisdom that God's downloaded into you. You've done lived a lot of life. You've done a lot of discipleship. You've seen a lot of things, and mm-hmm. and uh, and you and I are always having conversations about stuff. And and sometimes we'll be talking. We're like, oh, this would be a great podcast or whatever, <laughs> you know. So uh, so today's uh, topic is going. We're going to start uh, with a verse that that as it always does. It always starts with God's word. That yeah. he, he speaks to us through His word and teaches us through his word, but uh, I'm going to start by reading a verse. It's uh, Acts 6, 1 through 7. It says, In these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It's not not right that we should give up the preaching of the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we'll devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So, Rocky, you read that passage, and it stirred some things up in you. So, mm-hmm. let's just start with kind of what was as you read it. You were you were seeing how it tied into really what we're doing mm-hmm. in influencers. Yeah. So, so talk about that. Well, the first thing that came to my mind is a case for discipleship. Okay. And um, and what we have to do is go back historically and look what happened here. As you read that in Acts, it's the, that's really the early, early birth of the church right after Pentecost. Mm-hmm. When they had a dynamic growth that was occurring and and there's some really great things that were happening and, and they were seeing a lot of miracles. They were seeing courage, uh, courageous things happening. And um, also uh, uh, they were growing real fast. And because they were growing real fast, they were kind of like we said in football, out kicking their coverage. Mm-hmm. So uh, what you have here is you have 
basically the, the purveyors of the gospel that was going through the disciples who were now apostles. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then they were teaching and then they were trying to help these people uh, understand this thing called the way mm -hmm. following Christ, the gospel, the good news. Mm. And <clears throat> so what we have is that we have these people that had miraculously had a conversion experience, the, you know, the baptism of the spirit on them and the, and, the, and the people that spoke in their native languages. I mean, they were just signs and wonders Mm -hmm. that had accompanied these people, these believers, were products of the signs and wonders. Mm. Uh, and yet, here we do see these new believers bringing the same prejudices they had forward into their Christian life mm. that they had beforehand. Here you have the Hebrews that are prejudiced against the Hellenist. Mm-hmm. Hellenists were not the pure ones. Mm. <clears throat> and it was the widows were being neglected because prejudice is hard to get away. Mm. It's just hard to get out of your life. You're born with it. Uh, your, your value that way, your perspective is driven that way. And there's only one way to change that, and that is it's everybody's equal at the foot of the cross, mm -hmm. right? And so here we have the people that would try to teach them the things that they had been taught by Jesus, which changed them. Mm -hmm. Because Peter had been prejudiced, right? Yeah, right. Okay. They all had been. They were pure Jews, mm -hmm. you know. And and so he had to challenge them. And 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 it got it was known pretty early that that the Gentiles were being included in the gospel. And then when Paul would come along later, that's when it really took off, mm -hmm. gasoline on the fire. Yeah. And a lot of the prejudices had to be addressed. Jews versus Gentiles oh, yeah. and vice versa, mm -hmm. I'm sure. Spiritual yeah. pride. Uh-huh. Yeah. The whole thing. And uh, and so what happens is that discipleship is a growing process, Brian. You'd like to think it happens all at one time at a Pentecost, mm. at a time when the Spirit comes on us and at a time that we receive Christ. But honestly, those values have to be transferred slowly as we begin to die, mm. metaphorically die to the old man so that the new man can come forward. Mm. You see, if you had these people that were waiting on the tables for the Hebrew with us and the Hellenistic with us, and they had the fruit of the Spirit operating in them, do you think there would have been prejudice? Mm. No. Mm. Because that would be the characteristics of Christ right? that is coming forward, and, and Christ is not prejudice. Mm. Uh, I mean, there is no, like Paul said, there's neither no Gentile or Jew or slave or free. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just either saved or lost. We're either his or not. Yeah. And when we are his, we're equal with each other. And uh, <clears throat> and so that's what discipleship does, is that it teaches us about the harmony within the body of Christ. Otherwise, guess what happens? We have things like the prejudice that we still have in our church, because mm -hmm. we have all kind of racial mess. Mm -hmm. where people are uh, racist against each other and they're believers, they're followers of Christ, and 
and they declare uh, anger and racist points of view. Mm. And these political points of view are so diverse, they hate each other. Mm. And and yet they they profess to be Christians. The point being is that if they are Christians, they need to be discipled mm. so they, they can know what the character of Christ is mm. so that they will follow the teacher. And that's what a disciple does. He follows his teacher. It's what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. And to me, Brian, <clears throat> the biggest indication uh, of the need to disciple the body of Christ, especially in this country, is because of the divisiveness we have. Mm. Because when we get uni- unity in the spirit, the the walls fall, mm-hmm. the prejudices fall, and we begin to look at each other as he looks at us. Right. What's your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think that I'm, I'm also thinking about uh, the theological differences that have divided uh, Christians too. Same thing. You know, it's uh, and there's nothing wrong with having your theological beliefs and, and standing on those, but uh, but not at the expense of the love of Christ. You know, not at the expense of, of looking for the good in each other and trying to how can we work in, as one kingdom, one body, many parts. Yeah. Well, you know, theology, theological differences is just looking at the parade, same parade differently mm-hmm. and having a, a point of view that is maybe enlightening. Yeah. Uh, but it's not it's not the different view of the parade. It's the pride in the v- different view of the parade. That's right. It's when it's saying I'm the only one that can see this parade. Mm-hmm. I look through a very clear point of view, mm-hmm. and if you don't see it through my point of view, then you are wrong. And I look at that and I say, where is the fruit of the spirit in that? Mm-hmm. Where is Jesus in that? That person needs to be discipled. Mm-hmm. They might know their theology about their point of view, but they don't know the heart of Jesus. Mm. And there's a difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, the other thing I see in that story is you've always talked about uh, the enemy would try to take us down through division or diversion. And you see both of those things in the story. Absolutely. You see them trying to to get them distracted and diverted, Mm -hmm. worrying about taking care of the widow food distribution or whatever it was, and also getting them pitted against each other, you know, because of the who's it's not fair and all that kind of stuff, you know, and all that was could have taken the disciples off of their key, you know, mission, which right. was to start the church, to yeah. start the new church. And thankfully they had full insight to, to yield to the spirit and help come up with a solution yeah. that was spirit led. Right. And they had a mandate. And I think that honestly, they were in the early stages of having to figure out that mandate. I mean, the Lord said what to do, but not how to do it. Yeah. Right. Right. Go make disciples. And he had talked to them about the necessity of abiding. Mm-hmm. And he talked to them about teach them all I've commanded you. So basically he was saying, okay, I've been spending three years with you to kind of help you understand what this is all about. Now I want you to do the same thing with others and then teach them to do the same thing to others and do them the same thing to others. Mm-hmm. And so this is the early stages of that. And I don't think it had yet become organic in the uh, leadership uh, m- a birthing process. Right. I think that they were having to do the teaching and the, and the discipling, but I think that there would be a layer of people that would follow them that would be stepping up. Yeah. Coming that. 
probably kind of like a church plant where you got to do everything. You got to you got to preach. You got to set up chairs. Yeah. You got to yeah. do the, the music. Everything. You know. Well, like Paul and Timothy. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul poured into Timothy, and then he had an admonition to Timothy. Now, Timothy, you got to pour into others. Mm-hmm. See, that's what discipleship is. That's right. That's right. And I think you know we view we tend to view. Uh, our leadership, like the boards of our different regions and all that, like a board of elders, mm-hmm. kind of like the watchman on the wall, kind of like these early guardians. Yeah. yeah, the guardians, the one who it was entrusted to them, and they're there to guard it. Um, but we have seen, just like this story, there's a need. There are a lot of needs in all these communities that we're serving for some practical, hands-on things and, and discipleship. Yeah. And this is where uh, this is. This is where most people think this is the the first deacons, if you will, right? Yeah. The first deacon board. If it was. These first seven yeah. guys, mm-hmm. you know. And so you always thought that there's a need for that level of leadership of men that are kind of like the and women, the deacon and women too. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Explain that a little bit. What you think it is on that? Well, uh, let's go back to the cabinet that you were on. Okay. Okay. And this goes back. How many years ago was that? Gosh. Uh, more than that, fifteen probably. Yeah, yeah. Right when Frank came on board, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so uh, it was me, <laughs> and then a couple of others uh, came on as staff. But basically, I was the global office, so to speak. Uh-huh. And I had some really good guys on my board, uh, but they're not. They were not creative guys. They were the guys that would be um, what watchmen. You know, they were diligent about: Are we legal? Are mm-hmm. we ethical? Are we you know, just keep this thing right, you know, because mm-hmm. we're 501c3 and you should always respect what you are mm-hmm. or you lose it, right? So that's that was their main role, main mission. And uh, that's what oftentimes that's what boards of directors are about, unless it's an honorary position. Right. And our global board is not an honorary position. It's an honor for them to serve. They, they, they'll tell you that. But they are working board members. They are that's ministry right. leaders. That's right. And they were that before they came on because that's that's the criteria that we look for with these people that are on our uh, global and regional boards. Mm-hmm. That's right. But there was a need back when that I needed to have creative people around me that could think outside the box, mm-hmm. that that would be quasi-staff people that would uh, that that I could say to them, you don't have to worry about the regulations of 501c3 and all the other stuff. We got people taking care of that. Yeah. I want you to dream with me. Mm-hmm. I want you to use your spiritual gift and the vision that God gives you and let's dream how we can build a ministry here. Right. That's right. right. So we gathered you guys over. We met. Uh, and by the way, Frank uh, and you. Uh, we came, came on staff, and then uh-huh. Greg Hewitt uh-huh. and uh, Mark, Sewell. Mark Sewell came on our global board. That's right. That's See, that's the basis of starting a creative bunch of guys, getting them involved prayerfully, uh-huh. how, to, how to build this ministry, listening to Christ, mm-hmm. and how they would then eventually become the guardians of that. That's right. They were part, y'all are part of the, the initial structuring of the DNA. Mm. And we didn't even know it. No, <laughs> we were just observers of what I we was the grandpapa, but you was the papas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we had great meetings of just prayer and yeah. and 
brainstorming and talking about what's ha- what we're seeing, oh, what's yeah. happening. And yeah. I've always loved your uh, analogy of the parade mm-hmm. and different views of the parade. That really makes a lot of sense to me because yeah. it's only one parade. But but seeing but you have to respect other viewpoints yeah. and people are seeing it different ways. And if you do, then you're going to gain you're going to gain understanding. See. And I've said that all along. I was a typical little Southern Baptist boy down in Mississippi in a very small church. And let me tell you, they're good people. But you have to understand that there is a narrowness that will occur because it has a lot to do with families. It has to do with a uh, <laughs> lot of legacies of families that have grown up there, pit pastors that are 50 years. And in other words, you have a, a very... Uh, a closed, close point of view to what you had 10 years before, 20 years before, 30 mm-hmm. years before. Mm-hmm. And they're very traditional. Really. Yeah, right. And so when you get into that, you get a purity of the denomination, right? Right. You really understand what they're all about and the good things are understood. And those things that are not good is not understood because you don't have any other point of view. Mm-hmm. And so the good thing about me is that as I have grown outward, I've had that good foundation that was established under me. But the traditions that were kind of taught as equal to precepts of God, they began to be challenged mm-hmm. because I began to see other churches that were really super solid, but they didn't carry those traditions. Mm-hmm. But they carried the heart of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at the different denominations and their points of view, and I, and I basically, uh, I've gleaned from all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really have, and I've, I've, I've been in a position to look at both sides of the parade. Yeah. And it's helped me grow, and it's helped me understand how to relate to the different uh, denominations in the body of Christ, uh, respecting their point of view, but encouraging them to be kingdom thinkers to help others not to follow their points of view, but basically everybody can listen to what God is saying to us. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I think that that's what discipleship d- should do. It gets us more of a kingdom-minded, mm-hmm. uh, and then we start respecting the, the various spiritual gifts and the various ways of doing ministry. Um, there are churches that are predominantly maybe one race and they have a, a very strong uh, service that's culturally driven. Uh, and it might not be the same culture as mine, but I have learned to cherish it mm-hmm. because I see such passion and love. Mm-hmm. And so when people are loving my Savior, they might do it different for me as far as the way they sing, but they're loving my Savior. Right. So I want to, you know, I love them because of it. Mm. And now, if that can happen to a Mississippi white boy mm. uh, growing up in a, not that my family was prejudiced, but let me tell you, there was a lot of prejudice around me. Yeah. But if, if God can turn my heart because he's taught me to respect the differences and, and never look down on them and taught me how to see through his point of view, which is love, if he can do that with me, I can't imagine what he could do with so many other people and what that would mean to the body of Christ. Mm. Because this prejudice that we see, Mm -hmm. uh, it's systemic. 
Mm-hmm. It's called the human being. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way human beings are. We cluster to what we're familiar with. And I think God is inviting us to uh, see much broader view. Yeah. And it's it's taking them back to the basics, taking them back to the heart of Christ, you know, and, and not focusing on the need, right? Not, not focus. There's lots of needs. There's always going to be needs in the community and problems to solve and all that. But not put the traditionally we've always put our focus there. Let's go yeah. solve the problem. What influencers is trying to, what discipleship is trying to do is take them back to learning how to become a, a follower of Christ right. uh, on the heart level, abiding in with love Christ. with him. Yeah, yeah, and then and then the Spirit enables the solutions mm-hmm. and, and how to go about it and all that. So. Absolutely. The but we were talking about cabinets. Okay? Yes, yeah, yeah. And we got off a little bit. <laughs> well, not really. We built a foundation under this. Okay. 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 Because we started with a cabinet that that I recruited for uh-huh. because I needed I needed some free manpower, to be honest with you. <laughs> but but it really helped develop ministry leaders, and yeah. that that's the key right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so as for and right now, what we're doing is that we're we are promoting that we're expanding the cabinet to be used, actually, with all of our regions, and um, and the reason why is because all of our regions have a board. Mm-hmm. And guess what they have to do? Have to take care of the stuff that's, you know, keep it legal, keep it ethical, keep it this, that, and the Look other. over the money and the finances, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Right, but they don't have that necessi- necessarily have the creative opportunity to right. think outside the box. Right. So we formed one here in northwest Arkansas and kind of to be a flagship of what that looks like. Yeah. Now, there are motivating reasons, and it's as simple as this. We have... Been here for 20 years, and we have thousands, thousands of people that have gone through the journey, and we don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, they were people that their church did it with them, and and we didn't get their names. I mean, they're people that have been entrepreneurial doing it. Mm -hmm. And this is the way this ministry has been. People ask us, well, how many people? How many don't know? We don't know. Mm -hmm. But And maybe we don't have to know. Because honestly, if we think it's just about taking somebody through a, a journey, we are greatly limiting what the journey can do, impacting families, friends. Mm-hmm. The journey makes its way way beyond a boardroom. Yeah. It, it makes us way beyond a small group of guys. It makes it in their families and their friends and their business. And how do you measure that? Mm. You can't. All you can do is join an organism that God is is developing, but we kind of keep it healthy. So as an example, what we have here is we have people that in Acts, we see that they were converts that came out of this great explosion of signs and wonders. And you would think, man, those people got it. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden we see, no, they really don't. They're still bringing that same old stuff into, mm. into their deal. Yeah. So... So what we have is we have thousands of people who have gone through the journey here in Northwest Arkansas. And we believe that they probably have had some great life change, but we don't know their stories. Mm -hmm. And worst of all, we don't see them helping others. Mm -hmm. Because you see, what a disciple does is once it's been poured into them, then they make disciples. Mm -hmm. And so our mission with the cabinet is to find those people. And then to try to 
help them, encourage them, and bring them into the structure mm -hmm. where they can reach out and help other people. They should not be neglected. And if we can find out who they are, then we want to continue to invest in them and ask them, come and join us. Mm -hmm. Help us reach more people here in Northwest Arkansas to make disciples who will make disciples. So, you know, we started so, gosh, we didn't have software. We didn't have we didn't have any way to track all that. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I was the only guy doing it at one time. Mm -hmm. So the point being is that it was, it, we grew so fast, so quickly, that we just didn't have the ability to keep up with who they are. Mm -hmm. And now we have, hopefully, we're trying to find them, mm -hmm. we're trying to go after them, get them. And so we have the the cabinet as an example. They have a barbecue every quarter. Mm -hmm. And it's been well attended, and it's been exciting to see that. Free of charge, just come and hear a, hear a, a, a testimony, uh, hear some books. Uh, if you've gone through the journey, come on, let's just get to know each other better. I mean, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a way to have fun and and uh, and make disciples, honestly. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're, we're kind of playing catch-up. Now, this has been done in Bakersfield, California now for several years. They call it M6. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so they'll have about 350 people that attend yeah. every month. Mm -hmm. And then they'll have their M24, which the next one will have about 1,500 people in that one. And I'm planning on being there. Mm. And, uh, and so what happens is that when you begin to do some semblance of organization with the organism, then it, it, you're able to keep it healthy. Yeah. And it's able to continue to move outward and expand which is what the church should do. Yeah. And and the temptation has always been for the leaders to do all the work, right? And because yeah. they think they, they, they're gifted at it and they're called to it and they just, but it, if, if it stops there, it shortchanges all the reproduction God wants to do. Yeah. And I, you know, we talk often, I don't know if we've talked about it on a podcast, but the Jethro principle, mm -hmm. when Moses was trying to manage all the people by himself and hear all the cases and all the complaints and all the, he was trying to do it all by himself and his, his father-in-law of all people, said, what are you doing? Yeah. He goes, what you're doing is not good. You're going to wear yourself out and you're going to wear them out, yeah. you know? And he's the one who said, you need to build a system of leaders and mm -hmm. of tens, of hundreds, of thousands, you right. know, and, and you just do the, you're just more the overseer and you, you, the big, the hard cases can come to you, but, you know, delegate. Mm -hmm. Isn't that discipleship? It sure is. And, you know, the thing about it is that, uh, we keep it. We keep it under man's control rather than God's control. Yeah. And you know, Brian, I'm not going to declare myself as some kind of guru here. Mm -hmm. It's just that I was 55 years old when this thing was downloaded to me to take it forward. Mm -hmm. Your age. Mm -hmm. And I knew right away there that I had a, a limited window, and I started praying, Lord. If this is from you and if this is what you want, then I ask you to start raising up people to come and join me. Then mm. we'll join the leadership and I welcome them. Now, some people thought, well, you know, he's such a hot shot guy. He, he'll be the hardest one to give up control. And that's not true mm. because I never had control. Mm -hmm. I never saw it myself having control. I just said, I did see this though, that if I tried to control it, I'd kill it. Mm -hmm. I would not allow it to grow as it should. It would not. Uh, we would not uh, allow access for people like yourself to come on and take this to the next stages. 
And so we have an open invitation for God to bring the leaders to help this propel us and navigate us into the future, just like this movie thing yeah. that we're working on. In a short while, we see, I mean, some really gifted attorneys, uh, business people, people in the industry mm-hmm. that have, have gone through the journey, uh, have a passion for it, and God is assembling a team. Mm. And I told one of the guys who has not seen our DNA up close and personal, I said, expect it. That's the way the Lord works if he's in it. Give him plenty of room mm-hmm. to operate, navigate. And, you know, we got 20-year history of that. That's mm-hmm. the way it's been here with us. Mm. Well, and I think I think everybody plays a part in this. I think, you know, you may not be a regional director. You might just be a man that lives in a, one of the cities. But, but your job, if you raise up seven, you know, people in a journey group or something like that, no telling what God will do after he enlivens their heart. They start abiding all the things God will use them to go do, you know, and then the people they will touch and raise up and yeah. all that. But it's kind of like in your book, Beyond the Inner Chamber, when you, you describe the image of of this, all these people, thousands of people coming up to the mountaintop. And then you said, if you don't, if you're not obedient, it all goes in reverse. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and I, I think about who will suffer if I'm not obedient? I think every person who's asked that question, who will suffer if I'm not obedient to the Lord? Mm-hmm. He's trying because he's always working things for good. He's got good plans and he's trying to raise up more people that are part of the kingdom. But, you know, we got to do our part and be obedient. And, you know, there's another fault there, Brian, is that God is going to accomplish his, his purpose, whether I'm in it or not. Mm-hmm. Now, do I want to be in it? Mm-hmm. You see, do I want to be left out of the greatest uh, rescue? that's ever been made in this world. Right. Do I want to be a part of that? Do I want to, left, to be left out? Do I just want to call myself a Christian and wait for the rapture? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to be a part of the process of helping people get to the lifeboat? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the disciple sees his life as a mission, purpose, and and it's driven by his love. It's driven by his appreciation. It's, it's driven by his own desperation. What would it be like if I didn't know Christ? Mm. And and what I have found, if you're talking about this, the neglect, it might, you might, somebody down the line, you know, might not have that, that you could have put into their life directly mm-hmm. or indirectly. Right. What if it were your grandchild mm. or your child that maybe not you that's going to be the person that, is going to influence him, but maybe someone else who neglected their duty. Mm-hmm. Now it hits home. And I find it's, I think it's imperative if I'm going to ask prayers for uh, my family to be helped by others, then I got to be part of the process of helping others. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's just a somewhat of a transaction here that, that God blesses those who bless. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's it's just called discipleship. You know, we we've been saved for a purpose, and we have purpose as long as we're alive. And if we make it about something that's eternal, something that will be join us in eternity, it'd be the best investment we ever make in our life mm. of our life. Well, and I, I uh, as we come to a close here, I'm just thinking about 
it's easy to get overwhelmed at all the needs in the world and the problems in the world. All you do is watch news for a little bit and you'll mm-hmm. see a good, healthy dose of it. Um, and it seems overwhelming. It always seems like, how can we solve it? We, how can we help? How, how can we, one person, help solve the problem? And I always just come back to, I need to keep leading journey groups. Because the more that we all lead journey groups and help people learn how to abide and, and they start coming alive in Christ, we're going to have an army of people that will start living it out. And, and I think some of those things will start getting better. I think families will start getting healthier. Communities will start getting stronger. You know, they'll, they'll have creative ideas to help solve some of these things. But one person can't do it. Mm-hmm. But if we just keep doing what we're doing, making disciples, it will multiply out to be a, an agent of change. Yeah. I, that's what I, is that simplistic? Or I mean, well, actually, it's experiential. Yeah. You know, I've experienced what you're saying here. I'm 78 years old, so I've, I can tell you that this ministry is multiplied out just because I want to be faithful to what I am yeah. and help a few people. Mm-hmm. I never had the vision to see where it is. Mm-hmm. If it's not my not my role to do that, mm-hmm. my role is to walk with him and let him have his way with me. If he chooses for me to impact uh, thousands or one, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, does it? Huh. And and I just think that that's that's where we need to be pursuing, and that is my life is here. It's a consecration of my life. It's where I say, here I am, Lord. I'm yours. Now you take me as, me as I am and reform me, mm-hmm. change me, use whatever I got here. Just let it be to your glory. And here I am. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. That's called consecration yeah. right there. Uh-huh. And then, then he begins to say, okay, well, this is what it looks like. So I'm going to start working with you. I'm going to work on you. And a lot of times it has to be a brokenness to be remade. And sometimes that's painful. Most of the time it is. Yeah. But it works into what we deep down long for mm. is to be coached up and discipled by the Holy Spirit. That's right. Well, um, this has been a good conversation. Thank, I think our time's up. But thank you, Rocky. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad we got to chat about this. And uh, so uh, I'm sure I'm sure people are listening. Future mothers and fathers of the faith are out there listening. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Uh, years from now, we'll be talking about what they did. You know. So. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, you've been listening to the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, we do these every week to inspire you on your journey and try to give you some different perspectives and things to think about and and uh, also interview a lot of our leaders around the country as well. So if you haven't checked our other podcasts out or their series, uh, go to the, the website influencers.org or you can go to wherever you stream your podcasts and you'll find Influencers Global Ministries and be able to listen to other episodes that we've done. So anyway, uh, My name is Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influences Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.